treatment program, you should consult your physician. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition. Liftoff. So I'm gonna tell you for a fact the rain got in my way. That's all me this time. Oh, oh, so you just wanted to make sure you shared before I share. <laughs> right, right. I gotta get it in first. Because I know you're coming. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm the street certified dope doctor Louis Delgado here with you on the Couch Live. This is the Couch Live version of Dope and Dharma. And of course, my partner is the Dharma guy, Trinity Phillips, which was on time. Trinity was here. Yes, I was. What's up? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so back to the man that wasn't here. He got caught in traffic. He was over there, slip sliding away on the freeway. <laughs> Mr. Shaw, Shaw, man, what's happening, brother? Trying to get right. I'm trying to get my headphones in. I think I left everything in the car because I was rushing trying to get in. <laughs> so I'm, I'm running like 15 miles per hour right now. 15 miles an hour? Yeah, 15, because it, when it rains, it pours, and everybody just kind of Everybody just kind of stop it. You just yeah. got to go through the motion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to take a horse. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to ride in. You know what I mean? <laughs> and speaking of horses, there's a person. We got we got, we got a, a guest on today, and, and you'll see why I said horses. <laughs> I was about to say, you're going to explain you'll, that you'll, one, man. Oh, yeah. You'll know when I explain it. But, it, okay. but before I do that, Dharma guy, why don't you tell everybody how they can listen and watch and all that other good stuff? Uh, yes, if you want to listen live and comment, you can check us out on Facebook Live or YouTube Live under Dope and Dharma. And if you want to listen uh, on your own time, you can check it out at uh, any of the major podcasting platforms as Dope and Dharma. Way to go, way to go. And, of course, we are here at WOKB 1680 AM and, of course, also 100.7 FM in the Central Florida area here in Orlando. Um yeah, there you go. He's clapping. Got it right. He's I did it right. That's right. I did it right. And our special guest, and this is why I said horses, Trinity, because she's she rides a hog, you know, wow. a hog like a steel horse, like a steel uh, horse, okay. Okay. like on a steel horse. I ride. She's a cowboy. Okay. Dr. Marcia <laughs> Flagler, the great Marcia Flagler, great friend hey, for a long time. How you doing, Dr. Flagler? All right. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you to be here. Man, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. So first of all, so I've known I've known Dr. Flagler for a very long time. Uh, we've, we've worked on multiple projects together. And so she's been gone. She was just gone. I don't know where she went. I didn't know where she went. She just like disappeared, you know, and but I knew she was working out of town, but I didn't know where. Uh, and so I was touring the Recovery Connections Central Florida the other day, uh, Trinity. And so I was where? doing a tour and, and guess who was there? I'm going to say Dr. Flagler. 
dude, you're good at this game. You put you played this before, like, right? You yes, played it before. Yes. I'm like, All right, you, pra- you practice. All right, so Dr. Flagler was there, so she's over there at the local RCO. If you don't know what that is, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, she could tell you what it is and, and how it helps people. But when I saw her, I said, Look, Dr. Flagler, you got to come on the show now. I'm glad you're back in town. She's been working in the jail system. Um, she wasn't in jail, Trinity. So let's not <laughs> let's not start rumors. She right. wasn't in jail. She's been working at the jail system. Um, but I wanted her to come on because in, in Dr. Flagler, this is one of the biggest reasons why. The last 20 days has not been easy. Um, I have found out about seven new names that got added to the list of people that hadn't made it. Um, two of them had passed before the, these last you know, 20 days, but I just found out about them. And then mm-hmm. two of them just passed in the last 10 or so days. Uh, they committed suicide. Uh, they were just done with, with, with this wow. battle. And the battle I'm talking about people is the battle with addiction, the battle with substance use disorder. This is, you know, those of us in long-term uh, recovery or remission mm-hmm. that I like to call it, um, mm-hmm. know it all too well that sometimes, uh, we don't all make it. And unfortunately, um, we end up losing a lot of people that we care about and friends and, mm-hmm. and family members or whatever that um, either gave up before the miracle happened or just didn't make it out because, you know, of other unforeseen reasons. And so when I saw you, Dr. Flagler, um, I said, you know what? You're celebrating 31 years. It's coming up, what, mm-hmm. this month, right? Yes. Well, in fact, I celebrated um, on the 5th of August. It's just that this is when I was party. Ponce's wedding that weekend. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so she's still celebrating her 31. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. (laughs) So I wanted you, I wanted you to share because both of these ladies that that we just lost uh, recently, um, they were, man, we, we were very close to them. uh, Both Dharma guy and myself. We're very close to them, Heather and Brittany, um, and they struggled with it. And, and you know, and, and so I, I was always hoping for these women to make that turn because they were both very intelligent women. And, and, and I knew that they would help so many females out there that are struggling and struggling. And, and, and I knew that their story one day uh, would help others just like yours does. And so since they're no longer here to help me with the next person, um, there you were. I mean, I walk in this building and there you were, Dr. Flag, and, and, and see, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because you are a person, a, a woman of long term recovery and, and, and you have your own personal story of struggle and, 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 and success. And so I wanted you to share it today. So to be honest with you, this is going to be a very special Couch Live, people, because I want Dr. Flagler to share her story. Now, we may have some questions as we go in, but other than that, I really just want you to share. And, and it, so if you could just start with with who you are today share with us who you are today and then we'll get back in into the past okay all right well first and and foremost i i always begin by thanking the god of my understanding you know um i know there is no way that a dope fiend like me could be able to have the life i have today in recovery not that I'm perfect, I'm above anything, but just that on a daily basis, I'm, I'm truly grateful that when life shows up today that um, I have other things that I think of and I don't end up back in a dope hole. Cause I do understand that even with 31 years, I could, 
I can go back out and use if that was a choice. And I'm just grateful that that doesn't become my choice. I I might get mad and, you know, I do have, have my crying days and I have my days that I need to reach out and, and my praying days and all of those. But um, I understand that each day that life shows up, you know, that it's a gift and, and I have a responsibility. So I'm always grateful um, today. I'm grateful because I also get an opportunity to live and give back. I, I definitely believe it's important to be able to give back because those that were before me helped show me that I could have some hope. And, and until I established a belief that I could do it, I just knew they could do it and just follow through with what I saw them doing. So I understand that it's important that, you know, I'm never forgetting how much I have to be grateful that I get to work in an atmosphere mm. that also enables me to, to help. And now, you know, with Recovery Connections, particularly because we all there understand the disease and the challenges. And, you know, we, we understand from a personal standpoint. But then I was fortunate that early in my career, I was able to work for the first 19 years with the same agency that I completed treatment with the oh wow for drug free living you know and that was the foundation for me that you know that's the old the old school days too right <laughs> right right because right. they're not even called that anymore yeah they are aspire now you know? yeah they they aspire to be different <laughs> yeah <laughs> aspire to be better yes you know but I I found such a joy that I had a chance to come out of treatment, volunteer with them a couple years and, and actually work there. And that has catapulted me to where I am today, you know, having worked in the corrections, going back in there with the counselor I had and, and um, wanting to be like her. And she told me, you don't have to be like me. God got a place for you, you know, mm -hmm. so Miss Alberta was correct, you know. And um, and so I've gone back to school and um, was able to go back and get my master's in mental health. And, and the doctorate I have now is in philosophy of addiction studies. And, you know, but I always say I had a doctorate before I got that doctorate. Amen. <laughs> my active addiction gave me, uh, it taught me a way, whole lot <laughs> by the time I got in school. You know, um, there was that experience but those were the things that really made my education journey even that much more purposeful to me because mm. i did identify and and i cherished all and i still do i'm always still looking for more ways that you know i learn because things are changing i mean it's it, in in the last 30 in the last three four years you know there's been so much with our opioids and fentanyl and everything that that we have now that um you know sometimes i i just i say wow thank you god because i i couldn't survive out there now right, i right. you know i just did survive when i was out there mm. you know um but i know that was by the grace of god it wasn't like i did something so great to have survived but today um to be able to work and and also finding that I have a desire to help break some of the stigmas and mm. 
um, to to connect with individuals and in, because there's not not as much uh, resources accessibility as it's like we had stuff you know we had places go left and right back then and now it's really to me another joy to be somewhere where that's kind of what we're doing we're looking mm -hmm. at connecting you know the individuals and their families to resources and support systems and help to you know to help break tear down these stigmas that um that unfortunately still exist and and you know and so that's kind of that's where i am today getting a chance right. to to live the a second lifetime in <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it in, in, in Trinity just you know you don't know this Trinity, but when I when I saw her, me and her have the same scar on the back of our neck. Oh, wow. Um, so yes. so, you know, I, except she has one additionally on the front I, side, which I do not have. Yeah. Uh, and and so, well, well, that's what I was going to say. So, w what has been the challenge recently, Doctor Flagler? Because, you know, when I saw that, I was like, whoa, you went through something too, because you oh, know. Yeah. You know, I had mine in October. What what went on with you? What what did you survive? Well, I survived I uh, a bike fall. As much motorcycle riding as I've done, I've never fallen, but I got on my mountain bike and mm. was riding around the corner to my sister Ronnie's mm. and just act like a little kid on on the bike and <laughs> hit a speed bump, and I have no idea what happened after that until wow. I up with my face was all scraped up and you know and and even the athlete in me came home put ice on my head and watched basketball until the headache got so bad that i decided maybe i need to go to church <laughs> wow <laughs> wow and wow. um yeah so I, I i actually turned the spine in my neck around from the direction the doctor said instead of it going like this it right. was turned around oh oh so oh. down yeah so i now, you know and i, I had no clue i had no clue concussion and all, i just really but um i think that was probably the best way because i would have i would have definitely gone into shock had i any idea how how bad i i no, I'm, wow. I'm so glad i'm so glad that yeah. that you're okay from that because that sounds horrific and you and you, and you know uh, the weirdest part of the whole story is that you actually look i can't watch basketball on a good day you actually watched it <laughs> after your your head was faced the wrong way oh, and yeah. you, and you're still watching basketball wow Yes, wow yes. all they right said, so, I takes care of babies and football he took care of me before and he's taking care of me you know i've been one of the joys i get yeah. in in recovery is that you know life Life shows up and, and I kind of get a little bit better day by day with the humanist part of, yeah. of especially getting older. You know, it's like mm. sometimes I find myself thinking that I'm supposed to still be able to do some things that I was doing. And, you know, and then my body reminds me, no, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you speak in my language now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, I want to do those things. <laughs> yeah. I got a three wheeler now. The doctor told me stay off of them. Yeah. So I mean, first he told me to get off Harley's because they were shaking too much with the back surgery. Yeah. Uh -huh. Three wheeler, and that's 
Yeah. Well, you know, what's weird is I was having a cigar the other day with a guy that uh, was trying to tell me the reason he's now a trike rider and how hard it was for him to first get the trike to mm -hmm. get his first trike, you know, because uh, I, I was telling him there's no I'm not you know, I've already committed. I'm, I'm never probably ever going to ride a motorcycle again that I can think of. And and then so he starts selling me on this trike idea. And I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> I was like, don't sell me on that. <laughs> So now if you get one too, then you guys are going to start, you know, <laughs> no, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good at four wheels. I need four wheels now. But, but, so, so now let's take it all the way back. Let's take it all the way back. So, um, do you come from an intact family, a broken family and where, and where were you born and raised? Well, I was born and raised in New York, but moved to the South because my parents were originally from the South. And um, my father's first children and, and my other mom, they were all here. Mm -hmm. So that's how we ended up in first Jacksonville. Then I ended up here in Florida with them. But okay. um, I have one of the things that I had to really take a look at, especially at starting treatment, was the shame and guilt that um, I, I carried and I used over so much because I didn't come from a broken family. I came from a family that was has loved me and has been supportive of me. You know, um, I graduated from college, got drafted to play pro ball. I had all of these all of everything going for me. But what I did find in, in doing step work and working and working on myself in recovery is that for the most of my life, everything outside of me was what defined me to me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I thrived on being successful and, you know, I came up in that era where everybody told us about self-determination and, and hard work and, you were supposed to be able to overcome anything. So, of course, when my drug use got out of control, I just kept wanting to be able to do everything I did in sports and school to, to overcome. I didn't want to surrender. Hmm. And, and I had a lot of shame and guilt because my family was not, I didn't come from a family that had mistreated me or there was any reason that I could say it had to do with that. It was, not, it had nothing to do with that. And my family was, is it, successful. I have politicians, I have mm -hmm. educators, ministers, you know, uh, gospel saying, you know, I come from a family, even my right. siblings are all um, successful. You know, um, I remember having a lot of I shared in a meeting one time how I would be sitting up getting high and I would see my youngest brother on television playing ball and I would just go into a corner and mm. not want anybody to just so happen to say anything or see me looking at what was going on and the guys would be betting on him and what he was going to do and I would never say that that was my brother because of the shame and guilt. You know, oh, wow. um, and I mean, today, I mean, my brother loves me and, and is so proud of me. But, you know, I, I mean, I was in work release and my brother was winning the Super Bowl. That was mm. something. And I was acting like it didn't bother me, but I felt like, you know, knee high to a grasshopper pretty much. Oh, man. I, you know, um, yeah. yeah, so I did. But 
that's one of the things that now I, I, I know about. This is a, a feelings disease, too, you know. Yeah. But don't deal with feelings. They're going to deal with me. Right. So so you so you first when you were first using you were it was partying then it wasn't to yeah. numb anything. It was just partying. Just partying. I'm just I, having a good time. I'm partying, having a good time. It, 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 right. and I would always even in college when mm-hmm. I was excelling and on off seasons when I wasn't playing ball. That's mm-hmm. what I did. I partied and I thought I knew how to manage my party. Right. Right. Um, now the league folded, and when the women's league folded, mm-hmm. I thought that I was okay, but I had a major surgery, couldn't go overseas, and so everything I did to party became what I just did because mm. I was laid up. I I had had a surgery, and I had to just lay around, and and you know, and I thought drinking and. And, and using cocaine, that was the rich man's high. That was right. at the time that um, Lynn Bias overdosed. I remember and, well. You yeah. know, that same time, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, wow, somebody must have given him something bad. I didn't mm-hmm. think, you know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't stop and look at it and think, you know, okay, you you mm-hmm. killing yourself too, you know. Right. But, um, but that's kind of what I did at that time. It was, I was bored sitting around and had nothing else to do and and before I knew it, by the time I, I was no longer needing to recuperate from the surgery, I was off to the races, you know. You know, you know what? And back and back then, just to, you know, because Trinity's a young guy, even though he looks old, <laughs> uh, he's a young man. Um, we didn't know the damage cocaine mm-hmm. had. We didn't know the grip it had on us, and we mm-hmm. didn't know the damage it was doing. I mean, in my area, you know, I know Len Bias was on a national level, but in my area, you know, we, I was at UTEP. Um, and we had Jeep Jackson, Jeep Jackson, uh, played on the same team with Timmy Hardaway. Timmy Hardaway, uh, played at UTEP, uh, when I was there and, uh, you know, Jeep Jackson passed away too. And I thought the same thing. It must, you know, he did too much, you know, he, he, he must've got some bad stuff or something. Um, so, so to put it in reference point, whereas today we know that so many of the drugs that people are taking are trying to kill you, you mm-hmm. know, the, the drug itself is trying to kill you. We didn't know that back then so a lot of people came into recovery by way of having a good time and partying and mm-hmm. and uh, and i can relate to you by coming from a good family i too come from a good family intact family and and so i i think it's important i'm glad you shared that because i think it's important to tell families that you know i know so many of you carry the weight that you might you must have done something wrong or or, or mm-hmm. the shame you know you go to church and you don't want to tell anybody you know and everybody's telling you oh my son's going off to college my my son's getting married my daughter's this and then you got to say what you know, and then you don't, you, know, you can't really say what's going on with your child sometimes. And so, so many families do deal with that. Um, so when did you know that it was no longer partying? Like how, you know, like how close to the end of your using did you know that it was no longer partying and it was something a little bit more destructive? You know, I, I came to that realization as a result of treatment. Um, but I knew I didn't want to keep feeling the pain. I, 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 my, my father passed and I was in active addiction and I was using at that point because there was now another level of, of shame and guilt at losing my father and being in active addiction when, when I lost him. Um, and so I got to where I just my it felt like something was twisting, like just wringing my heart out. I was out and 
my mother, in fact, I had left treatment. My mother came to her and one of the guys that worked at treatment, Mr. Reginald. At that time, uh, Joyce uh, Glenn was over treatment at that time. Her and then um, uh, Faith, another lady, came in too. And my mom went there and they actually... I don't know how they found out where I was, but they found out where I was and they came and my mother came into the dope hole to get me out of the dope oh, wow. hole. Wow. And the shame I had, I didn't leave with her, but once she left, the pain I felt at her having seen me there and the risk she had taken to come in there to begin with had to where it felt like my heart was just being squeezed out. And that night I went and I called the treatment program and they said, well, if you really want to come back, we'll get you in the morning. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I guess they knew that if I really was going to get there and stay, but that morning I actually called them and I said, yes, I am coming. And it was in treatment that the way that we were educated about the the biopsychosocial model about you know just our our own wounds and uh one of the counselors told me she said if you feel this list that you have of why you can't make it my list is much longer mm. and when she told me that it was like wow what her list mm much longer. And I begin to then just because of the hope and just little glimpses of it. And they would help me with a lot of the shame and guilt. And right. just, I mean, there were days that I was just totally exhausted when we got through, but I would feel such a, something would lighten up. And it was like, you know, something inside started saying, you know what, you 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 do deserve better, and you can mm. have better, but you don't have to work now. You got because they ain't. It's just not going to come to you. Work. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well, you know what? I, what I noticed is, you know, this is using is one of those things that that, that at least back in the day, uh, and even still today, I would say. Uh, gender plays a major role because the stories that women tend to tell uh, of, of how it is out there when you're struggling and jumping from couch to couch and, 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 and living how we live uh, is very different than a lot of the men's stories. And, and, and not that a lot of the men aren't experiencing a lot of the same abuses or, or things, but uh, they share it less. Um, they're more on they're, they're less honest about maybe some of the things that they may had, have had to do. Whereas the women, when they tell the story, it's, it's man, it's, it's not easy, man. I'm a girl dad. And so when I hear stories like that, you know, I feel so blessed, so blessed that my daughters aren't dealing with it because um, within the women's programs, especially, you must hear a lot. And I've known you work with a lot of women mm -hmm. um, and you've had to hear horrific stories of what some women have went through in their using. How 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 Marcia do we help these women that have gone through some of this stuff? even know that we do recover and, and we can get better mm -hmm. that you can, you know, make amends to yourself that you can forgive even the worst and evil of people. How, how, how do we best do that? Well, I know that uh, for me, the connection was first made because of other women also sharing 
the identification, the connection with their experiences, knowing that I'm not alone. I think that it's important that um, as women, you know, we do, we, we suffer from so much more in, in shame and, you know, and the mean, when we say the means and ways to get more, it's the means and ways to get more, you know, it's right. like, you know, how much do you want more? You know, how, how do we get more, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, and because it's important that our, our self-esteem and our sense of worth um, and, and that those things begin to come back. One of the, the examples I use a lot uh, is if I had a piece of gold and I lost it in some dirt and it stayed there and, you know, 20, 30 years later, someone finds this and, and they rub the dirt off it, it's still gold inside. It, it's mm. the gold didn't change. And it's, that's one of the things that as women, um, you know, and as all of us, men too, but women, because we're, we're, we're such a feeling, you know, so much comes right. from a place of emotions with us that um, the, the wounds can be so much greater, you know, um, the feeling of, of despair and not being worthy and that, you know, how are we going to ever rise above and, and not being made to feel more shame, you right. know? that unconditional regard and the, the continuous reminder that we are worthwhile and um, that, you know, and with the work, what are the rewards, where we can go and us having sometimes hearing it enough to where, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Cause that's me. I had to hear it because when right. being told I didn't, I, I mean, but we have to take those layers too you know, um, somehow reaching a point that we trust enough to maybe sometimes just a little piece at a time mm -hmm. to get to the mountain, you know, got to start with little pieces. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah. I'm glad you're saying that because it doesn't, it doesn't come quick. And Trinity and I often say how, uh, if, if and Trinity's not in recovery, just so, so y'all know, but, but, um, but it doesn't mean he's always been an angel. And so, so if you would have explained to us when we were non-angels, uh, that, uh, cause we're angels now, by the way, just in case exactly. you don't know, you know, I'm, exactly. I got my wings underneath I the see, shirt. I thought I yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see the halo. Look, oh wait, if the people that can see it on Facebook live, there's the halo right there. Uh, you know, uh, but we would have never understood how good this feels. This life feels like this in, 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 you know, the, the more years that pass, uh, the more I realize how how difficult, it, you know, you would think it would get easier to explain mm -hmm. that this gets better. But it's so hard because the more years that go forward, the less the active user or the person that's currently suffering looks at us and says, yeah, you can relate. Like, you know, they mm -hmm. it's like back when I only had five years, 10 years, it was like they can instantly there was something different. Right. right. But as soon as you get into like the 30s. Yeah. It, it's like <laughs> that just seems so far out there yeah and and do you remember marcia when it felt like a year was far out i remember when someone said that i have a year it, that was like oh yeah dude oh. i'm not even gonna be around in a year dude you can keep talking i i used a fake name for four years in meetings what? four years 
Yeah. Uh, I remember running out of names. Uh, you know, there's only so many Spanish names, apparently, because I ran out of names. Carlos, Ricardo, Julio. <laughs> I mean, I used every day. I, I used all the names that people <laughs> thought that we had. I didn't even use, like I wasn't even creative about it and, oh, and, wow. until I, I still remember the guy that, that, that came to me and he's still out there. Um, and, and he goes, uh, isn't your name blankety blank? You know, he gave me that. And I was like, damn it, man. These people go to multiple meetings. <laughs> I didn't know that some people go to different meetings. <laughs> but so but when they talk to us, they would say, oh, here are the promises. Here's all this in spirituality was not something that, that I grabbed onto right away. I didn't know how important it really was. Now, it appeared to be very important to all the people that had time in. Right. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until now, to be honest with you with as much time as that I'm, I'm sitting in right now that I truly, truly grasp that it's a difference maker to the degree that it is. Um, the last two people that we spoke of at the top of the show struggled with, with making that turn to believe in a power greater than themselves. And you, at the beginning of what you started sharing, you gave credit to that, to the power that you believe in, the higher power you believe in. So I want to ask you about that. How, how, when you have your list of names, like we all have the list of names of people that didn't make it, that stayed out there just one day too long. Mm -hmm. uh, does that seem to be a common trend that you see as well? You know, that, they, that they struggle to accept that? I, I have seen, um, most recently I have a, a sponsee that actually was in, in uh, TLC when I went there and left. And so she was two years ahead of me at that mm -hmm. 33 years that recently uh, relapsed. Mm. And, um, and one of the things that she confirmed for me is that if I stop doing what I did, if I don't reach, if I didn't reach the point of total surrender and being convinced that I have to do everything there is not to use. That the desire, just like it says, it, the desire for me to stay clean has to outweigh the desire for me to use. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and thank God I got to that point. And what I've seen is that the, the, the reservations that a person can have, whether it's early on or later, because, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it can sneak up now. If I get to forgetting to think that I can go hang out with, you know, the, the mm -hmm. people that are successful that are going to the bars and I'm going to go hang mm -hmm. to the bars with them because mm -hmm. alcohol wasn't my, everything was my drug of choice, but mm -hmm. I convinced myself right. that it wasn't alcohol. I, I know that um, I will definitely at some point be putting my, my recovery at, at risk. And I see that when I hear more and more that that's the reason for struggling, there being yet some reservations mm. and something that that stands between admitting that that ultimate defeat and saying, you know what, I've got to do something different and being willing to do it. Right. You know, um, and some people it's just a matter. It's, you know, some of us have a harder time than others at getting to that point. And unfortunately, it means that we, we lose, you know, right. we lose our, our loved ones and those of us right. are connected to 
And like I told my sponsor, I told her, I said, you know, um, there were some things that I noticed that I, I was reaching out and bugging you and bugging you and bugging you and calling and getting on your nerves because I just sensed something in my spirit that it just wasn't, you know, you had stopped coming to meetings, you kind of got disconnected altogether. Not that you have to continue to go to meetings the same way you did in the beginning, but the connection to individuals that are living this lifestyle and reaching out and saying when I'm struggling and, and things of that nature and being willing to, to kind of buckle down and say, Ooh, wait a minute. You know, um, that was something that, um, she, you know, didn't do. And so I was just grateful though, that she lived through it because everybody, you know, I know I got another high any day. I don't know if I got another recovery, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can go out and use one time and die, you know, I, right. I the right. disease, you know, and plus I understand that the disease doesn't want us to live and, and have be peaceful and and even to grow and begin to appreciate um, our, our life. Because to me, that's what the spirituality of the program is, knowing every day, even on the worst days, if I'm, I can be balled up in tears from something. Mm-hmm maybe hurting me about about life losing loved ones that you know have passed and and my mother and you know my mom is is still around but my mother is gone and that pain was excruciating but using wasn't something i thought about i didn't want to open my eyes a few days Mm -hmm. i was like god why i can't just go to sleep and wake up with her you know thing but I, i i didn't want to use. I shared about it. I connected with my sponsor. I, I talked mm-hmm. to, you know, I had my family that I was able to reach out and if I was struggling that day to say it and cry if I need to. Those things that because life shows up and, right. and if I stop doing those things, I know that the disease will back me up against the wall. I am not, <laughs> I am not confused. That I believe that my thinking will caused me to feel just, you know, despair and that I have no hope. And if I wake up and I lose hope and and I lose any sense of purpose, then that's the way the disease will want me to think. You know, and and you bring up reservations and and that's exactly what it is. Whatever your reservations are, those are the things that keep you from getting better, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we do all come in with some reservations. and, And yes, and sometimes we travel with them for a very long time. Uh, and, and, and they can return or a different one can return. Like you just said, um, and you brought up a, a really huge reservation that I think hurts a lot of people, especially when we're in, in the middle of like an opioid crisis, just like back in the day when it was a cocaine crisis. Right. So, so, mm-hmm. you know, cause alcohol wasn't my thing either. You know what I mean? So you were thinking, oh man, I just need to give up cocaine. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you're saying. They're like, no, you, you can't no. do anything. And it's like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jack, <laughs> you know, you're trying to take away everything I enjoy, you know, to the point, even where they said, you know, you're eventually going to quit those cigarettes. Right. And then, and I didn't believe them at first. I was like, why would I ever give up cigarettes? You yeah. know, um, huh? I want, I wanted to keep something, you know, and then, and then I did, uh, mm-hmm. but, but there's always something that you're trying to hold on to, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, and that's normal. And that's normal. So if you're out there and you're listening or you're watching this later or, you're, or whatever, and you're thinking uh, that you're abnormal, you're absolutely not. You're very normal. It's it's normal not to want to go to meetings. It's normal not to want to share about it. It's normal not to want to talk about it uh, with anybody. It's normal to want to lie a little bit. It's normal to try to hide some of your use. It, it, it's normal to not 
think that you have to quit all substances. Uh, it's normal to not want the help that so many people are offering. It's normal to want to do it all by yourself. These are all things that are very normal. And so when you when you get around other people that have that are, that, that are on the other side of this, on the successful side of this, um, and you give us a chance to at least share our story, maybe you'll see that you can identify with this a lot more than you think. And, and I think that's why it's important to keep sharing stories like this, sharing stories like yours, Dr. Flagler, because, it, you know, even just the, the, the two little letters before your name now, Dr. Marcia, Flagler, there's no way she can relate to me. She, she's a doctor and I'm this. And it, but but you didn't start off that way. Oh, it's no. not that's not the way you started, you know, and a matter of fact, if you were going to end up that way, it wouldn't have been a doctor in addiction studies. You know, oh, what no. I mean? so, so it sure did guide which kind what kind of doctor you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what was the plan? What, what was what was Marcia's plan before addiction detoured you? Well, before addiction detoured me, my plan was to continue playing professional basketball, um, to go on coaching and mm -hmm. and being um, also an educator, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm grateful I had a chance to do. Right. Uh, but it took me away from all of those things that I, I really loved and using. But then on the on the hit side of it, uh, recovery has brought me back to those opportunities. Um, I've had an opportunity to get back to working with kids. And um, I, I started out, that was it. I just wanted to go back to working. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. But ended well, up. Well, it and you're still an educator. I mean, you, you what yeah. was that? Was it Bethune-Cookman or am I saying the wrong university? Because I know if I say the wrong you one. Don't say that you, other one. You're going to get <laughs> upset. But you're right. <laughs> <good. laughs> I had to be an adjunct professor there and, and do some work. Also, from, um, from a sports psychology standpoint, because athletes yeah. are running into a lot of challenges, yes. too, because I was at when I yep. was partying and, you know, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they could really use you. I mean, that was, a, that, you know, that was my first, uh, uh, my first major was sports psychology. That's, that's the direction oh. I was going, sports psychology. Uh, yeah. when I got detoured into when Dr. Uh, Butkins, uh, took me out of college, basically it says, uh, you want to go to private practice? I was like, Ooh, so Oh, you mean quit school now? Yeah. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> I was on my way to Australia. I wanted to work with the, you know, I wanted to do wow. their program out in Perth. And then I was going to come back and work with major league baseball is what I wanted to do. Work with baseball players. Um, so it's, so it's weird how it detours us, you know, it does change directions, but, but in a better way, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and I know you talk to people like I do that says, you know, uh, you know, I, I got a business, I have this, I have that. And you're like, you know what? I don't know where you're going to be after this. I don't know if you're still going to want to do that same business you're doing. I don't know if you want to do that. I really don't know if you want to still be with that same wife or husband or, or relationship that you're in, to be honest with you. But what I do know is that what you're doing right now isn't working for you because you wouldn't know me. You know, yes. you, you would never know a guy like me. You'd yeah. never be talking to me. So yes. regardless of where you're going to go, I only care about where you are now. That's that's really what I got to work with. I got to work with who you are now. And really, if you don't work on who you are now, uh, all of that other becomes irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so give us some final words. Uh, you know, again, keep it in mind that there's somebody out there, uh, Dr. Flagler, uh, that, that that is suffering. You know it. You know, right now, listening to WOKB, uh, somebody's, you know, accidentally, you know, caught the show or maybe on purpose. Maybe someone told them to listen. Um, and they're listening to you, anything you want. 
Well, there is hope. Um, you know, we do recover. We don't have to continue to use, and you deserve a life of recovery. No matter where you've been and what mistakes that we make, it doesn't define who you are and the person within that deserves nothing but the best in life. You just got to give yourself a chance and, and be willing to do the work, but it pays off and, and you're worth it. You're, you're worth it. You know? That's right. And, 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 if, and if you're out there and you're listening to this, 407 Recover and ask for Dr. Marcia Flagler. 407 Recover. And you can ask for her directly. If you're in the Central Florida area, that is, call 407-RECOVER, and whoever answers the phone, if you want to talk to Dr. Flagg a little bit more about herself, about yourself, about, you know, what your options are to get better and get some help, or if, if you even have any uh, thing to even think about, call her, 407-RECOVER, R-E-C-O-V-E-R. I don't know the numbers that go along with it, but they're on your phone, <laughs> but uh you know who else is here with Dr. Flagler? I see over there with Mr. Shaw over there at the WOKB. I see the All Good Brothers. They come on after us, and and you know even though they do don't do a show on recovery, they love they love this subject matter a ton, and, and they understand it. And so, can I see him again, Mr. Shaw? Like, who, who, someone was poking their head. I saw an All Good. Are they gone? Are they in the the other little room? Yeah, it's busy in here tonight, so we got everybody. I got all good entertainment in the building. I got the one and only Lady Drina in the building. It's getting ready to go down in this 9 o'clock hour. I'm telling you, don't turn the dial. Don't change the channel. It's your Friday night, your Saturday night weekend. Get down on the Monday night, and these brothers about to show up and show out and get the party started right. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. It's the Sideshow Mondays right now coming up next right here on the Station of the Nation. You know. Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, the All Goods were at the Recovery Walk uh, on Saturday. They were the DJs at the Recovery Walk like they are each and every year. The Orange County Recovery Walk that was at Lake Eola. They were there. They were putting it down. I love it. I love them to death. Anyway, thank you, Dr. Marcia Flagler, for, for being with us and joining well, us. Uh, Dharma guy, you got anything? Oh, uh, I would just say uh, there, there's hope, man. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, I I won't go into too much because I know we're running out of time. But I just think that um, it, it's a it's a cool thing to think that you can know somebody for years and have no clue what their history is. Like I've known Miss uh, uh, Flagley here for years through the uh, the the Orange County Drug Free uh, Coalition. Mm-hmm. Haven't done a lot of one on one stuff. No clue about her backstory, and that to me is is a hopeful thing. That means you're not defined by what you're going through right now. You can't come out the other side of that, and and it's not a who you are. It's just what you've been through. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and all he's going to do after this, Doctor Flagger, is go look up your brother because he was on the he was already on San did. Francisco Forty Nine already did, and, and he's a Forty Niner. Yeah. I and, already you know. looked him up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mister Shaw, will you take it over from here? Let the all goods take it over from here, and the rest of us. Hey, listen, uh, if you like the show, follow us at the Dope Doctor, at the Dharma Guy. This is Dope and Dharma. This is the Couch Live. Adios, amigos. Time for a taco. Goodbye.